awaken your visionary and step in to the vortex of unlimited life force potential. This is the Visionary Vortex Podcast and I'm your host, Lauren Renee. And now begins the journey. Okay, hello everyone. I am feeling good about today's episode. I am here with Octavia, uh, a very special new friend for me. And this is going to be our first of a regular segment we do on the new moon around astrology. And it's something that when we met um, a few weeks ago and yeah, started chatting, we realized we had in common and she does readings, astrology readings, and she can share a little bit more soon. Uh, But it's something that I studied more in depth last year to help me uh, support my clients in their journeys by being able to actually look more deeply at their natal charts and have this journey of looking more deeply at the whole of my own. And it really transformed my whole lens of how I see reality. And I feel this is such an important tool that we all need to return to. So yeah, we're going to make it a regular thing on the Visionary Vortex podcast to be sharing this wisdom and uh, especially as people become more aware of astrology as a tool in their lives, uh, it's going to be readings of, of the energies that are happening around the new moon, but also, yeah, just some educational conversations that get us thinking differently about this ancient map of the universe that we have access to. So Thanks for being here. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be here. Uh, yeah, that's all very well said. And there's just an endless amount of guidance that's just waiting for us there. So mm. happy to be here. Happy to speak about it. Yeah. And to set the scene where we're at her place at the moment, uh, just outside of Byron Bay. It's so beautiful. We have a lovely nature view and we're definitely been feeling, you can probably hear the, cow the cows in the yeah. potentially. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we've just been reflecting on what's been moving in our lives at the moment uh, with regards to this Aries new moon that we are currently under the energy of. Yes. Um, But yeah, before we jump into a bit more on that, I'd love for you to just share a little bit about, I suppose, how astrology has come into your life and and your experience of it and yeah, how how you work with it now Mm, to support your Sure. Yeah, for me personally, uh, I followed I followed astrology for years. I'm from the U.S. and um, I moved to Australia back in uh, 2016. Um, so it's hard to believe it's been that long already. But um, <laughs> when I arrived here, I one of the first things I noticed is that the sky looked different and everything, the the moon and even the sun, the way that it, the sun would set and rise, it just, it looked completely different to me. And f- from that period when I arrived here and noticed those things, um, it really drew me even closer into wanting to know more about astrology and feeling more connected to it and trying to reorient myself um, you know, the big move that I had, I had taken physically across the world, uh, reorienting my relationship to the stars as well. So 
Uh, and there were periods of time, you know, I, I moved to Australia to be with uh, my partner at the time. And after uh, that didn't work out and I ended up, we ended up separating and I ended up moving to Byron. It was a time when I felt very alone and very, there was so much that was new that, and, and um, there was so much uncertainty that I really fell back on astrology to help guide me through um, how to um, navigate and just settle into the new place where I was living, the new place within myself that I was discovering, all those sorts of things. So astrology really has helped me. Um, and ever since I, I've just gone deeper and deeper into it. And the amazing thing about astrology is the more that you devote, um, the more attention you devote to it, the more deeply you go into it, the more that it gives back to you in a really slow, subtle way over time. So yeah, that's basically it. And, and that's why I'm really excited to speak about it today and share it. Astro astrology's always meant to be shared. I mean, this is the thing it has been from the beginning. People looking up at the sky, uh, you know, and having a story and a reference point to be able to verbalize and to understand that their experience can make more sense um, based on those observations and sharing those experiences. So we all have access to it. It was like the internet, you know. Um, everyone can can access the stars and astrology there's no authority over it so we all have an entry point we all have our own point of view of it and we have our own agency within it as well to understand and share so yeah i love how you, how you shared that because i know we were just discussing this before mm. uh, we started recording uh about you know how you just said it's not we're not looking for this gospel. And I feel like a mm -mm. lot of people are right sure. now feeling like, oh, I need to know about astrology. So who's that like astrologer that yes. I need to listen to the and expert. see what they're saying? And, mm. and what we're creating with this, this series as well is like, oh, we all get to have our own unique, intimate relationship with the way that we uh, perceive our own charts, the sure. way that we see what's going on in the collective and open up our, our own gifts of, of reading that intuitively. Because Absolutely. I know we share when we met, it's like, I found that when I look at people's charts, I can look at someone that has the exact same placements but receive completely different messages. Sure, yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like the planets and, and the the charts, they speak to us all in such a unique way. And I yes. think people don't understand this because we are in, in a world where we're so used to outsourcing Being told, yeah, yeah. Being told what to, yeah, what to think and what to uh, take from things. But this is the really radical thing I think about astrology as well is that it really is it it is your interpretation you receiving the information and deciding how to respond to it that's what makes it come alive and no one can tell you what that is or uh, you know what that needs to be and that's kind of the the treasure like the little like hidden gem if you will within astrology that it can provide it's freedom really yeah it's yeah. not a prescription <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know it gives you it gives you a map and you get to choose where to go yeah yeah oh i'm so excited to talk more about this because <laughs> um, yeah it's like if, if i 
listeners could be at any stage, I suppose. Absolutely. And I imagine, you know, the listeners of the Visionary Vortex podcast probably do have awareness. I imagine I they do, yes. Of, of astrology, <laughs> understanding probably where the, you know, following mm. the, new, the new moon and the full moon and their own, maybe their, you know, it's very focused, I suppose, in the world on like our sun, our moon, our rising. Yes. Um, what would you say about that? You know, why would we have now... You know, we've gone from just being focused on sun signs and compatibility. Yeah. And, oh, I heard that. I heard that Virgo should date Taurus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that I, I am careful. I mean, the, for me personally, the deeper I delve into it and the more readings that I have with clients, the less I feel it's appropriate to make any of those sorts of generalizations. Like, I'm sure... Perhaps that's appropriate and applicable sometimes, but, you know, when I have clients who come to me for readings and they give me their birth time and information, and I I have a look at their charts uh, before I've met them, and then, and I deliberately don't look at anything of theirs online on social media or anything, because it's strictly, I just want to look at what, you know, the transmission of what they're their chart is is giving me because that's a very very powerful um source and but whenever they arrive the following day and i meet them i'm always surprised i mean it's there's this magical alchemical thing that happens where even within just one human being um you know versus in terms of like compatibility where there's two but even one person like what their chart consists of and then the human that 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 is um that born from that that walks up and i'm greeted with the next day is always a surprise i'm always just amazed at, at, at the level to which there's things that i couldn't predict about them being there and that's what i love about it it keeps me humble and curious um, and present with what's going on. And I think that's another big part of astrology. It's not about having the answers. It's not about predicting what's going to happen. It's just about being present and noticing what's there. Mm. And not all about like stereotyping personalities. No, exactly like, right. Most of these like stereotypes we have around certain signs sure. are based on what that energy looks like out of balance because we're so that's right. Yeah. to these road ma- roadmaps. Like, you know, mm. being you know, having Virgo energy, it was almost like, oh, perfectionist or yeah, yeah. this, this and that. And you must be super organized and or super anal about things. Yeah. Like, now I've like come into this like mm. integrated version of the Virgo and it's like, oh, right. No, that that's not, that's us when we're not actually like in our purpose. Exactly. <laughs> and there's a couple of things there. You know, I think that framing uh, comes from the kind of pathologized diagnostic way of, viewing things that so much of 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 the medical system has uh, allopathic medicine has kind of ingrained in us to make these sort of um categories of personality types as problems um when really it's just out of balance like you say i mean any sign if you see a virgo i mean you're a perfect example of a virgo imbalance like you you're addressing all the things that need to be addressed in the right way and you know that all of the signs in balance are really almost otherworldly to encounter, you know, because we're so used to feeling even, even if we are in balance, the narrative, the narrative around us about imbalance is so strong 
that it's it, there's resistance there and so yeah i think that's a really good point and the other thing i wanted to mention just about virgos because you mentioned virgos um each sign in it's it's interesting because today's a new moon in Aries, right? Aries is the first sign in the zodiac, um, and each sign sequentially is a refinement of the one before. Yeah. So, for instance, Leo, and in a lot of the astrology that we all follow, that we all know about, comes from Greek Hellenistic, which is Northern Hemisphere, and so all the fire signs are the beginnings of seasons, right? Um, I think that's right. They're all seasonal. So Leo, yeah, so Leo is actually, um, it's the start, yeah, in the Northern Hemisphere, it's the start of, let's see, Le right. So it's kind of like, so when's your birthday, August? September. September. So... Leo is like this energy that comes in and is really big and bold and open and kind of flaming and and then Virgo is after and Virgo comes in and is like okay let's bring all that in and let's count it all and organize that big release of output let's call let's bring that in and get it in order right and so it's another just just another interesting way to think about these things i mean every sign the energy behind it is it's to allow what came before to move more easily into the next stage so none of there's no bad signs there's no bad traits there's no you know everyone's always so worried about like oh god what's in my chart and i'm like no no, no. it's all good it's all mm -hmm. useful energy you know it's just knowing what you've got there and what you can do with it from from that place of knowing yeah 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 well said and and that's it it's like there's no there is no right or wrong what no. these what these energies show us is just our energetic makeup i suppose and the way that i've i've understood it is mm. this is a map for like the the moment we're born yes it's like our natal chart is like our energy imprint of the moment we're yes. born of that specific energy that that's we right. need to fulfill what we're here to do in this life. Exactly right. And so it's like a coding for us it to is. look at, oh, okay, how can I come back to, I came here at this moment in mm -hmm. time with these energies, how do I utilize them for my highest potential? Yes, exactly. And it, it, will, it will give you the answer you seek. And one thing actually before we before we move on that that came through for me when you were talking about like when you do your readings mm. is how these are also maps for us to relate to others better definitely like i feel that once i look at my friend or or someone like close to me's chart i i can relate to them so much mm -hmm. better because i understand them absolutely and I'm like oh okay like oh this is where they're communicating from and oh that's cool like, this this and that and so absolutely i totally agree mm -hmm. Yeah, and just to get back to what you asked about sun, moon, and rising, yeah. I think that um, particularly knowing people's moon sign, who you're close to, so like family and close friends, lovers, that sort of thing, I find that to be hugely helpful. I mean, learning my, my mom and dad's moon signs has really transformed my relationship with them because I understand how they, what they need and how they express love. Um, and even though that's very different from 
the way I do it, I can understand, okay, right, that's, that's just, your moon is that, and mine is this, and, you know, and, and so, yeah, I think it can really help um, on those levels as well, but I actually, I think that sun, moon, and rising sign, understanding those three, I think is a really big, it's a really helpful entry point that you that you can kind of always go back to and orient yourself knowing those three things because it's like sun is what i'd want moon is what i need and rising is how where i'm going and how i'm going to get there mm-hmm. you know and so yeah having those three in your back pocket will tell you a lot <laughs> yeah that's true and i guess the next layer is then okay expanding everyone out to this bigger picture yes of all these other planetary influences yes that are happening and the energies they hold and then you know the next layer of looking at the houses that they play out in yeah Yeah. exactly yeah yeah it it can seem overwhelming and if you're listening to this and you feel that from astrology that is totally normal because it is an ancient ancient thing it's an ancient teaching and it's been you know, it's been consistently, like, passed down for thousands of years, so of course there's a lot of information there. But, you know, the good side of that is, is that it's, it is, it's a subject that has been refined for so long that it's very, very powerful to engage with. So, allow the confusion, allow the overwhelm. Like a lot of astrology too is about not really knowing what's going on <laughs> at first. Yeah. And yeah. it makes sense later. Yeah, and piece by piece I feel yeah, like yeah. Yeah, my bit yes. was like, yeah, knowing my sun, moon and rising and following mm. that, but then, okay, yeah. where, okay, what is this planet about? Like, like even the way that I like to share it with people as well yeah. is like, do it intuitively. Like, oh, absolutely. Yes. And some people look at the chart and they're like, oh, I need to find astrology to make sense of this. Like, yes. Tell someone, tell me what this means. Yeah. But actually, what if you, instead of, again, outsourcing your intelligence exactly. and your intuition, you actually looked at that chart and just went, okay, which symbol do I feel really drawn to here? Mm. Where am I feeling pulled to? Oh, what's that? Okay. That's my Mars. Okay. Yes. Where is that placed? Oh, interesting. It's here. And then just start to just feel that. What does that mean for you? Mm. Knowing what you know about the archetypal energy and things like that. And just like sit with it and not need to look. I think for me uh, personally anyway, I find if we try to logically work astrology Mm. out too much, much. we miss the real magic and the real insight that comes in. So if we can just sit and look at that placement that we feel drawn to. And just great. get a little bit of basic information. Okay, what the what energy does that planet hold? Yes. And what's this? Okay, it's I can see it's in this house. What is that? Just ask yourself these Curiosity, questions. Curiosity, that's it. You start to learn as you go rather than needing... We, we're obsessed with wanting to understand everything. Everything at all at once, yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's astrology. I Now I'm at a point where I really... Um, I, I savor the way that it makes me slow down. I, I really like how I can't rush it, you know, it's, um, and I totally agree with that, it's really well said, like, it, it's more about asking questions than finding answers, um, and being, and allowing those questions to just be questions in their own right, and to let it, let them linger, you know, and, and not have to come up with an answer immediately. Um, interesting that you were saying about, um, 
Mars and the other planets and starting to like pick up on those things and ask those questions. I actually had a total blind spot with my Mars because I didn't want to look at it. But I realized over time, um, when I realized it, I was like, wow, I've been totally ignoring that part of my chart. And, you know, Mars is obviously one of the primary personal planets that has a lot to do with why we do what we do <laughs> um, and how we do it. But yeah, those even those little things can kind of come up and yeah reveal themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you 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 look at the part that you're meant to look at at the, the time that you're meant to look at it. Yeah, like, exactly. <gasps> yeah, yeah, and it sh- it shows itself to you mm. when it's the right time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's a little homework for everyone. Yeah, you yeah. Intuitively, just start to look at your chart and see what planet, what area you're really drawn to and just get curious about that as a starting point mm. and see what comes through around Absolutely. Because it's like every astrologer will tell you something different because yes. of their channel and what they're bringing through and right. what they're understanding. And so I, I love getting readings from other astrologers because they will Same. find things that I don't see. Of course, yeah. And also I'll then take that back into my you know myself Mm. and then say okay and then what do I understand about what's been illuminated there and what am I seeing and feeling and focusing on at the same time totally yeah another thing that might be good to consider if you're looking to get more um into this realm of astrology uh I really recommend I mean I love listening to astrologers And I think it's really essential to find an astrologer whose voice you resonate with, like so the sound of their voice really lands for you. I think that finding someone like that, you know, you can do, you can look on YouTube, I mean, a lot of astrologers, I think it's a nice thing to hear it spoken about, I mean, which is the nice thing that we're doing this right now, but I think the nature of it is very um, vocal, it's meant to sort of be shared in this way, and I think it's a nice way to receive the information too, um, if once you're at the point where you want to hear another interpretation mm-hmm. other than your own. Mm-hmm. of course yeah 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 of course and I think it's really popular now like people are wanting to know mm. what are the what energies are happening at the moment and so I think this is like the two kind of um main pieces around astrology that we're seeing is becoming more yes um more sought out is like looking at what your natal chart is and secondly looking at what the current is and how yeah. that's affecting us in the present mm. moment and then of course you know future predictions of what's to come at the same time so um yeah perhaps you can share a bit of like how we can feel more empowered and change our lens of life when we when we're receiving these these like energetic updates around Mm -hmm. what's happening yeah the thing that just came to me while as you were saying that that I also want to mention before I answer you um is that you know the thing is about astrology is as we evolve, it evolves. And, you know, the way that we are able to access it now and share it and access previous information about it, is, it's just never been like this. So the other thing I wanted to say, though, is also mentioning the past and the fact that, you know, in 2020, we came to the end of a 7,500-year 7, cycle, a 2,000-year cycle, um, a 150-year cycle, a 20-year cycle. Mm. I mean, there, I mean, it was such a huge ending point for us as a civilization, cyclically, to move through together without something to fall back on to hold us together. 
And I think this is another reason why astrology is having such a big um, moment of resurgence because we, you know, we've always had either, you know, religion or community or we've had something to hold us through these big moments of transition. And last year was such a huge one. Um, And this is what I say to everyone who comes to me for a reading is that, you know, this is the end of all those cycles in one year. Everyone has had everything fall apart and we're all putting it back together. And so, yeah, I I think that this is why astrology is especially potent, especially powerful right now, because there's a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of us have had everything sort of crumble and collapse. I mean, no one's dodged the bullet that I know of. (laughs) It's, it's landing for everyone differently, but everyone's going through it together. And so I think being able to just know that in and of itself and to know that it is possible now to rebuild in a completely different way than we ever have and to bring in new ideas um, on our own terms. I think that's what astrology is really helping us support right now. Um, moving forward mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. like what do I want to bring in like what 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 do I have to work with so another way that this can show up um, for me personally like when I know that there are certain influences happening with the planets and it's fairly easy to look at what's trending even you know and and instead of being having a fear-based response or reaction to what I see I just sort of reassess what I have going on at the moment, you know, with work, with life, whatever. And if it's, a, if it's an influence that's going to negatively impact or give me more resistance in one area, and it's in my capability to shift that into something else and shift myself into something else that's better suited for it, then I do it. And now I find that that's been happening without me even thinking mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm which really feels like I'm cheating sometimes because yeah. <laughs> I'm not even thinking about it, but I've just been paying attention to it for a long time. And, you know, I've made commitments to myself to not over effort things um, as much as I once did and not to force or struggle and, and make things happen that aren't working and that aren't in, in a sort of alignment with what's going on. So. All of this stuff, it all relates, and astrology just gives us a really nice reference point. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel in all of that, like, what the listeners can really take away from this. Like, this podcast is all about, you know, moving from a world of survival to thriving. Yes. And we need astrology to support us to thrive because exactly. it's showing us what energies we're working with. That's it. On on this planet, on a day-to-day basis. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm. oh, maybe I'm trying to force ahead too much at the mm. moment, and it's like... Well, that's not actually reflective of what energy you have supporting you. Yes. If you truly want to thrive, you work with the energies that mm-hmm. are aligned with what activities you have on. And so that's where the power is. It's like this isn't just for like awareness and understanding and that's right. It's all of those things as well. This is like, yeah, a map for thriving and, and utilizing your your unique energy in the best way. There's a really nice concrete example I might bring in here. It's a bit mm-hmm. geopolitical. But that I think illustrates your point about the Suez Canal. We were talking about this before. Um, the ship that was recently stuck in the Suez Canal um, and obstructed for six or seven days. And that happened on the day that Mercury was squaring Mars and conjunct the North Node, actually, in Gemini. 
and Mercury being communication and Mars being um, Mars and Gemini is very much action that's it's um, spread spreading and it's all about like like those two planets coming together in that way Mercury and Pisces is like communication on water you know and and Mars and Gemini is just it's like getting those things out into the world and spreading them and it was stuck because that's a hard aspect Mercury squaring Mars I mean of course it was like not able to move and then you know six seven days later that we had the full moon and then it released so we can look at these things not just on a personal level you know and I find for me anyway like to be able to look at what's going on in the world and to make some sense of it through what's going on in the sky helps to ground me into myself more because I, I know it's not just me having this experience. It's not just me that's like in isolation with my own struggles. Like the planets are actually having this big, big impact on everything. And then that reminds me that I can, I can rely on that. I can trust it and the energies it's bringing in. Yeah, and it's something that connects us to all Absolutely. Of, all of humanity yeah. as well. It's like, okay, like, how are you feeling under this this particular energy that we're working with at the moment? What's coming through for you? And you, you mm. deepen through that. Yeah, that yeah, and sharing it and connecting. Absolutely, mm. yeah. Yeah, that, I think that's a big theme this year. And I think, you know, the other... Uh, this is just coming to me. I feel like it's worth saying. The other big uh, influence this year uh, that's... I think causing a lot of grief for a lot of folks is this uh, Saturn squaring Uranus. I mean, and Saturn squaring Uranus all year is just, its it means that nothing's stable. There's no stability. I mean, like, and they are dancing around this aspect all year. All year, is it? Yeah. Oh so nothing, but the, I mean, and it's like, it's Uranus and Taurus. Yeah, you know, and Saturn and Aquarius. So these are fixed signs as well, and fixed signs are really rigid. I mean, this is like the whole point of fixed signs is to maintain stability mm. and security, and these fixed signs are actually in an aspect that causes instability for this entire year. So it's very uncomfortable for all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all desperately want the security and the stability, but it, it is it will elude us all year. Now, the positive side of this aspect and this influence, Uranus and Taurus, so Uranus is the planet, it was, you know, it was discovered around just before the French and American Revolution. It is the planet that is associated with revolution, with disruption, um, the miraculous, the unexpected, mm. you know, the epiphany, the realization. It's like it's like a mm. jackhammer. I mean, it's really, um, it's a strong influence in that sense. And what, in, in, in the sign of Taurus, that is re like earthly resources, mm -hmm. right? Actually, when Saturn and Uranus were exact a couple of months ago, that was when the power shutdown in Texas happened on the day. Um, and there was the freeze and everything. So that's actually a good example of it. But on a personal level, the way that this energy can be utilized is by, in situations where there's a conversation about resources, if there's something that comes into mind that you want, ask. Because it could miraculously, you could get a yes. This is the power of Uranus and Taurus. Mm. 
earthly manifestation. The unexpected can come through. So, yes, it may be unstable, it may be volatile, but show up and ask for what you want. And you might get a yes. It might not be the first time, but the universe will hear. And you may get a yes eventually. Yeah, I'm just laughing at all of this because it's so reflective of my experience even, you know, <laughs> all this year so far of living in a van and feeling so unstable. Yes. And like, you know, also magical, but then this like feeling of instability, like nothing mm. is stable. And now being like, actually, I've forgotten that I can just like tune into what I desire and ask for what I want. And it, ch- and it shows Always. up exactly that. You know, that's it's it. so interesting. And the whole Uranus in, in Taurus theme for me is like this reconnection to land and yes. and coming back to simplicity. And Absolutely. That's, so, that's so huge. Beautiful. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a great um, reflection of that. Yeah. And this, that you know, I share that for an example for the listeners of how you can self-reflect on this in your life. Like, I think that's such a beautiful way mm. when you're receiving readings. It's not like, oh, this is just happening and this means that. It's like yeah. actually take it back to self. Yes. Oh, how is always. that playing out in my life? Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, that's happening for me. Oh, okay. yeah. 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 And let it just create inquiry over and over again. Like, what does this mean to me? You know, and this is what I love about all of the signs now. You know, we all enter into astrology. We, we understand, you know, we look at our own sun sign to start with and we, you know, find out our moon maybe and rising and then we find out our friend's sign, you know, and it mm. just builds from there. Mm. But um, I think the nice thing about the way that that kind of expands is that all of the signs really are a part of who we are. Like they all are archetypes of different aspects of, of, of being human. Mm. And it's nice to tune in to the different things that each of the signs brings up. And, you know, just like you're saying with Taurus, like getting back down to you know the, to the land and community and the simplicity of everyday life I, I mean I d- that resonates with me too I didn't even think of it that way but mm. since you said that I'm like wow yeah that's a great reflection I actually mm. had that too so this is just yeah an example of how what can happen when you share um you know astrology and what it means yeah yeah and then yeah. even you know the Saturn in Aquarius like revolution that's happening from this place of being super grounded yeah that way that con- I'm definitely having that contrast massively yeah yeah and that's the other thing too right there's so many examples of um contrasts you know things that would be in another context perhaps coined as like mental illness or um you know, some other kind of pathology sort of thing. You know, this is uh, often something I say to clients during readings is that, you know, if you look at like, you know, the Hindu deity like Shiva, who's just full of paradox, it's like, you know, in our culture, that's considered mental illness versus like in Hinduism, that's divinity. I mean, that's like a supreme expression. So I think it's nice to look at astrology too, to get our, to reframe those things and to say, hey, look, I have these parts of myself. There's a part of me that loves to be on show, that loves to get attention. And there's a part of me that's deeply private and that's okay. And a lot of these like polarities exist within us and we all have them. And we've been told that we should only be one way or another. Mm. And having this tension of like, like, thinking negatively about one side or the other just because it's an opposite isn't necessary 
We can yeah. actually create all this space within us and around us to accommodate all these things. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's a whole can of worms. Like how much, you know, mental illness diagnosis mm. is played out from not understanding the energies that you're working with. Yeah, totally. It's like I'm, I'm on this like Cancer Capricorn axis constantly. Oh, I, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I think I definitely think I'm bipolar most of the time. Sure. Going back and forth between that. Yeah, that's a that's a really difficult one, I yeah. think, especially yeah i love i but i really enjoy the those two the influences of those around me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for very different reasons of course but yeah. that but that that's why it's so enriching because mm-hmm. you're like oh how can i bring this together into you know this into this being this singular being that i am and this oneness that is everything mm-hmm. you know and that's the thing it's bigger than just duality yeah you know the duality exists because with you know we are on a planet of duality yeah you know in a cosmic duality but beyond that we can go beyond that mm-hmm. you know within ourselves yeah yeah and it's mostly for your empowerment as well of your understanding totally. yourself it's not like oh who do i connect with based on this i see that so yeah much. it like, can be i really think it can be quite a private thing mm. Uh, understanding your astrology at first because you don't want to you know share it too quickly Mm -hmm. I mean it's a sacred understanding um, and just even having a little bit of a ritual around engaging with it I I think is a really good thing to do that really will bring in this sort of nourishment and understanding on a deeper level Mm -hmm. to treating it that way Mm-hmm. And then sharing it when you're ready, of course, but, you know, just giving it some time to to settle and integrate. Mm-hmm. Totally. And it's got all these different layers, I suppose, as we'll continue to, to deepen in these yes, chats as yes, well. Yes, yes, yes. like start on that surface, start just getting curious and understanding that and, and having an awareness of, you know, receiving updates and how you integrate them in your life. Like these little nuggets we've given you today, Mm. I feel is a really good uh, starting point for a new relationship with astrology where you're more empowered in your understanding of it. Astrologers are are so great, you know, their (laughs) insights are amazing. And, um, but yeah, like, yeah, I love everything you've shared. It's ultimately about bringing it back home and, and developing your relationship with it. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree. Mm. Well, let's jump into the reading for this new moon then. Okay, sure. Of what we sure. have going on. I feel we've kind of given a really good foundation and introduction there. And yeah, we can we can speak to speak to this. And, and I guess, yeah, is there anything, any more that you'd like to share around the best way for the listeners to receive this and... and things like maybe even like when people are listening is there moments where maybe they might feel tingles where they should note something down like I'm just curious Mm. if there's a way in your experience that you find is the best way to yeah to absorb readings I think one thing I would say um is that when you are engaging with astrology and you are listening or reading or whatever it is I would say to just let it wash over you and, and take what you need and leave what you don't need. Like if, if stuff isn't vibing, if it doesn't land, let it just pass you by. Let it one ear and not the other. You know, there's a lot of it. And this is why I find listening to it to be really, um, for me anyway, uh, to, to hear someone speak about it and it just 
because it really the passive focus like you were describing just sort of sitting back leaning back looking at your chart you know that that same passive sort of receptivity i find is the optimal way to engage with it um you know you want to be a little bit switched on um and have your act your mind a little bit activated but you know it's you're not it's not a, a, a hard focus. It's it's a, a something you want to just be able to relax and take in, I think, and and trust your own ability to receive the information and to discard what isn't relevant, mm. and not having that be something that is speaks to the credibility of who's speaking either, because it's you just never know what's going to land. I mean for who and you know um that's been a big part of it for me is is just as as much as of, of hearing and taking it in is um as letting go of the stuff that doesn't apply to me and not trying to make it fit into my life somehow if it doesn't feel right yeah i love that and i think like that's even a powerful message for the way that we receive information in general absolutely yeah it, it's yeah and it's something i think we all forget we have this natural ability you know whether it's news or astrology or whatever you're looking for you know like i was saying to you earlier our, your curiosity is a vehicle of intuition and this is like an ancient survival skill that curiosity stems from and it is incredibly accurate at finding what it's looking for because it's not coming from a limited place of fear it's not coming from a limited place of um, survival necessity but it is derived from that same impulse to survive and so it's this combination of this really open way of engaging but that's also very good at being precise about what it's looking for so trust your curiosity first and foremost always yeah trust your body trust mm, the yes trust the tingles and where you feel trust like the you tingles it's like yeah i can listen to like a 20 minute reading and tune into that one bit and i was like oh that was what i needed to hear yes and it just informs something in a really powerful way so i mean it's funny this keeps coming up I, i'm like oh i don't need to say this but for some reason it won't leave my mind so my intuition's like say it yes <laughs> But um, let it surprise you, too. You know, some astrologers I've listened to, I will listen to, like, a 30-minute talk of theirs, and I will find the first 20 minutes, there was one in particular, I'm not going to say who, the first 20 minutes were agony. Just awful. Mm -hmm. But I knew, I could sense that it was leading somewhere. Mm. And I actually loved that he had me suffer for 20 minutes to get to that last 10 minutes of juice. Yeah. You know, and so I think it, it, you can really get into some interesting territory here. And now there's an astrologer that I follow who's an American. He's, he's, I'm so into him right now. And he's just, re he's such a dude. I mean, he's just like, all of his examples of everything are so like really crude and severe but they're amazing like they're so clear and understandable for me and sometimes it takes finding someone who can deliver the information in a way that is almost unpleasant but you you become attuned to what brings you into balance you become attuned to the thing that you need to um have more of in order to understand like 
yeah, just how to bring yourself back into balance. So I think just let let it surprise you mm. is another thing I would say yeah. about it. Love that. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, before we before we jump in, yeah, maybe you can share a little bit about like the influences in your chart from so the the listeners can start to sure. understand the place that you communicate from. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. Um. So. My, I am a Sag, Sagittarius sun, um, Cancer moon, and Aquarius ascendant. Um, so my Mercury is also in Sagittarius, uh, which is Mercury is how we think and speak. And my Venus and Mars are in Aquarius. So there's a lot of fire and air <laughs> behind my uh, words and expressions. But my Cancer Moon um, is kind of the soft part <laughs> behind it all. Uh, the Moon is ruled by Cancer, so it's a particularly sort of juicy placement for the Moon, um, water of course, and yeah, it's taken me a while to... Uh, all of the parts actually of my, um, my son rising and moon have taken me some time to get um comfortable with you know and and that's something that is it's so empowering because it's just there's nothing i don't think there's anything more empowering than really stepping into the essence of who you are and and owning it you know and understanding that the planets have your back <laughs> And they're actually supporting that expression as well. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, the Saturn and uh, Jupiter going into Aquarius now. Um, you know, when I first realized my Aquarius rising, I was speaking about this before we started. I had my birth time wrong. I think this is good to share because this is a thing that comes up often, an approximate birth time. Um, which I had, and I believed I was a Capricorn rising. And I thought this was my grounding, my earth, you know, this was my, this placement. I really made myself think that this was me. And then I kept getting the message over and over that I needed to check my details from astrology and various things. And I was like, okay, okay, what? What is it, you know? And, Sag Sagittarius can be, you know, broad sweeping. I mean, it's a broad, more broad view of things, Sag, but it can also um, make mistakes and overlook things. So um, I realized I was actually an Aquarius rising. And as I was saying to you earlier, it was a bit of a existential crisis that happened because I was like, oh God, I thought I had earth and now I'm just fire and air and I'm this like volatile human, you know? <laughs> But it <laughs> That's why you got this Virgo Capricorn energy combo over here grounded. That's it. right. I keep I keep you guys close, you Virgo Capricorn folks. I love it. Um, but you know, and that's the shift that I've made now. So and and I've actually really settled into my Aquarian prop, um, uh, properties and like aspects that of myself that ne then I was able to see and be like, oh wow, that is actually a thing that's that I can do that is good and helpful and that I can lean into so yeah that's a bit about me and my um my personal astrology amazing <laughs> so good I was just thinking like such a good combo for our like 
resident visionary vortex astrologer. Oh, I'm so <laughs> honoured. We had to have an Aquarius rising. It's our astrologer. Oh, the Aquarius, yeah, the Aquarius, yeah, rising is good. For the visionary vortex. Totally, totally, yeah. And Aquarius, like, if you're not familiar, is, um, it's an air sign. Aquarius is the sign of the humanitarian sort of, um, it's, so it's located opposite Leo, and Leo is ruled by the Sun, um, Aquarius is ruled by Saturn and Uranus, um, Saturn traditionally, but Aquarians can be a bit eccentric um, and see things a bit differently. Um, and the, I heard recently, interestingly, that the reason for that is because they are opposite the Sun. And I like that perspective. Right? I thought, I was like, wow, of course. So even the placements of these things, um, you know, in, in the zodiac and in the sky, it's all so logical and practical. Yeah. That's the other thing I love about it. It's very rational. Like, it's not, you know, there is a lot of fluff out there. Sure. I mean, that's going to happen with things. But... If you, if you come back to the nuts and bolts of it, you know, the placements, the planets, the energy, um, there's a lot of grounding in it. Yeah, it all makes sense. Yeah. It all makes logical sense. And that's so logical. Too. It's very intuitive, but ultimately there's a logical grounding. Yeah, yeah. You can always come back to that too if you get lost and, and reorient yourself. So just to move on to the new moon then from there... Um, yeah, so I wanted to say a bit more about how in 2020, Saturn um, leading up to the conjunction with Jupiter into Aquarius, right? So these two planets come together every 20 years in the same element um, for, for that duration. So for 150 years, they came together in Earth signs, which very easily you can see translated to the Industrial Revolution, um, which was 150 years ago, roughly, began. Um, and we dealt with, um, you know, it was all... So Saturn and Jupiter, before I continue, they are kind of the societal planets. They're the last two that we can see with the naked eye without a telescope or something. And they influence the structures in society and the um, resources. And so they've been in Earth signs for 150 years. So, you know, th and this correlates to fossil fuels, coal, um, everything that came from the ground. Um, you know, they've come together now for the, so that was the end of a 150 year cycle back in December. And now, or I guess it was, conjunction, was it January? December? I can't, it was mm -hmm. December, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> So now that they're in Aquarius, it's the beginning of a new 150-year cycle in air. And air, of course, correlates to, you know, broadband, bandwidth, digitization, all these sorts of things. And these, these also correlate to Aquarius beautifully, because Aquarius is all about forward thinking. It's, um, you know, it's innovative and um, it's also about the collective. It's about the individual and the collective and the individual and the collective the individual according to the collective um and those two things always having a relationship with each other so 
it makes a lot of sense now that things are, you know, and this is again a way that you can look at the bigger stuff and kind of make sense of it, um, even though there's been a lot of confusion, a lot of chaos in the last, you know, year and so. Um, so this new moon, all that is to say, Saturn and Mars, they came into a hard aspect back in 2020. And only recently, after nine months of being in a difficult aspect to each other, which Mars is our personal drive and what we can accomplish, essentially. And Saturn is kind of structured limits, um, kind of unyielding restrictions that are put up, placed upon us in life. Finally, these two have come into a harmonious aspect just before this new moon a few weeks ago. And again, this new moon in Aries is actually being supported by Saturn. So whatever it is we've had um, come up that we're starting, that's got us engaged, that we're initiating in, that we're connecting with others about, and that's got us juiced up, Saturn is showing up during this full moon uh, to support whatever it is we're working toward, to kind of give it a little more oomph to move forward and, and start to build a little bit of momentum. Um, the other aspect of this new moon that I wanted to address as well, because this is a pretty hefty one, I mean it's exciting and it's, um, there's a lot of good stuff that's finally coming out and emerging and is ready to go um, after such a fraught year of 2020 and so much upheaval. Um, there's, there's some order that's starting to fall into place as well. But if we think about the fact that we've all had to overhaul our lives in some way or another and the structures around our daily life and how we conduct ourselves, um, of course the natural extension of that is how we engage in relationship, which also has to shift. Because we've shifted on an individual level, we then must shift how we engage with others. And so Venus is in Aries currently and she is squaring Pluto in Capricorn um, with this new moon and basically what that means is that a lot of our relationship dynamics exist underneath the surface uh, we don't really speak about them that much or, or um, yeah they just don't come up above the surface all that much um, but this is a moment where you know a new moon is a moment it's basically when the sun is conjunct the moon it goes the sun goes to bed with the moon <laughs> which is why you can't see it because the moon has to recharge itself and this is a moment the new moon energy is when we can recharge ourselves and reflect on these things and say okay where am i at where am i going like where have i been what have i learned and and where do i want to go and what do I need to do, what do I need to change in order to suit this path that I'm on that I feel like is going in a different direction than where I was heading, if that makes sense. And this is the, what Pluto helps with as well. Um, you know, the deeper sort of underlying stuff that doesn't come up as much. Um, I think a lot of people in the last week or so as well have had some kind of difficult, like, 
perhaps older dynamic things come up in their lives, which is a bit of a Chiron influence that was also there this week. So there's a lot coming up for this new moon, but it's all supportive. It's all supporting where we've been, where we want to go. Um, and it may not be easy or pleasant, <laughs> but whatever is coming up right now, especially when the big planets are involved and the big planets make a an aspect to one of the personal planets, so the planets closer to us, and then particularly the moon, obviously, is the closest, most influential upon us. Um, when we have these far-out planets like Saturn and Pluto coming into our personal planets, those planets actually guide that energy in through those for us personally. So it's a big energy, it's a big influence, but it is... It's one that's worth receiving, um, ultimately. <laughs> mm, yeah, definitely resonate with all of that, especially this, like, it does feel like this is such a, a big new moon for, like, okay, it is, yeah. we've had a bit of a slow start to the year. What do I actually want to get together? Like, oh, how can I just pull everything in and actually, like, refine yes. where it is I'm going? Yes. Yeah. In that sense, it is a bit of like Virgo energy, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to draw, you know, we've we've really cast our net out wide and we've, you know, we've caught a lot of stuff, brought a lot in. Now we have to sift and organize and cull, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been settling into this new energy, like you said, this end of these like mm. huge cycles we've been in. Yes. Into this whole new different energy and we've been mm. feeling so lost in it and now it's like... Pfft, Yes. This Aries fire is like, how are we moving forward in this now? That's it. Instead of, instead of just getting lost floating in space with it, which yeah. I've some somewhat felt this last week at the same time. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, you could easily get floaty up here, but mm. where am I directing this personally? And, and you know, this is something Pluto can help with as well. I mean, Pluto's death and rebirth, you know, it's it's all about stripping back what, you know, leaving what you don't need, like, and being able to say, you know, and sometimes it takes being consciously making a conscious choice uh, and having to recognize for ourselves, I don't want this in my life anymore. Mm. This is a thing I've had and maybe this isn't what I need anymore, you know, and, and mm. being able to cut those cords. I mean, and that's what this Venus square Pluto is definitely assisting, especially because Venus is in Aries as well. So, yeah. you know, it's uh, Venus in Aries is kind of like, I want, I want that now. <laughs> I'm going to get it. I'm getting that now, thanks. Yeah, and even like, you know, <laughs> Venus being the planet of creativity too. It's yeah. Like I'm finding I'm just going execute, execute, That's execute right. on yeah. every idea, which is so nice. Yes, and seeing things through, which mm. is also Saturn supporting, because it's like the substance and the depth is there, right? And the fire. And, you know, it's interesting because fire, fire will burn anything. If you give it air and a spark... That's all it needs, any fuel source, right? And so, like, but with this influence, we've got these, like, the Saturn, the Saturnian substance behind it. We've got a lot of fuel, a lot of stuff that's ready to burn. That's, it's, it's like really dry wood that's been, you know, sitting for a long time that's just waiting to be lit up. Mm. So, that's what this new moon's bringing us. Mm. <laughs> very powerful and what what are you feeling is your kind of intentions in the way that you're working with this energy this cycle? um i've been doing a lot of um 
just purifying on a on a personal level like with uh, looking at what I'm allowing into my life uh, influences um, food people uh, <laughs> you know the things that we consume end up becoming who we are you know and and I'm I'm very selective about uh, more than ever really about what I'm engaging with and understanding that everything that I engage with gets in and, and understanding that like I have a choice in that matter and that I can actually by not engaging with something it isn't like I'm rejecting it or it's nothing against it it's like it's a totally neutral thing um, so that's sort of what I've been doing a bit more reduction of the subtractive sort of process and you know, I think with a new moon, the new moon always sort of reminds me to make space. And this is a thing I think that it's very easy for, to forget these days because, you know, our, our problems are all in abundance. We have way too much of way, of way too many things. So, you know, making space in our lives for things to come in is really, really powerful. And the more that I do that, um, and the new moon, the more it reminds me of to do that each cycle, um, the more like good things keep coming in. So I'm just going to mm. keep making that space. Yeah, <laughs> slowing down, reflecting, yeah, taking yeah. that time to see what, what wants to come in now. And yeah, for me, really like relate to what you're saying on a different level as well. It's like I've really been looking at, you know, the, this Aries, like, you know, the individual, mm. that archetypal energy of like, how, how can I put myself and my needs first? How have I not been paying mm. attention to me Absolutely. as an individual? And how can I really be putting all of these things, my needs, prioritizing yes. them, which has been so powerful to feel come through too. Absolutely. And it's an interesting paradox, isn't it? Because once you are able to take care of yourself in that way and your own needs and what you want it's easier to be selfless you know it's mm -hmm. like yes. there's this notion yeah. of like that being selfish like you know we were told we've been told or probably like our parents generation was told that to put yourself first is selfish but our generation like we're bringing in this really powerful message of like no actually you know, filling up your own cup first and, and really looking after yourself first allows you to be more fully there for everyone else. Mm -hmm. Like, it's actually the best thing you can do for the world is just to be good to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's also worth mentioning too, you know, and, um, you know, astrology can help with that as well, you know, aligning with the energies of what's happening. Uh, you know, the uh, new moon is a great example of that because that is really that receptive yin um, state of emptying out and not doing anything not showing up at any event or you know it, it's very inward vibe and there's just a lot there that you can take from and, and um, be nourished by in the days after mm, yeah yeah oh, I love it I feel like yeah we've we've really covered so much on this and I think even the topic itself you know around having your sovereignty around astrology and your your journey with it is such Aries energy too I feel it like is yes like for me that's how <laughs> I experience Aries energy is like trusting in your own mm, authority and leadership totally. of your own life in all ways and yeah not being afraid to put yourself first and, and mm -hmm. charge forward and yeah 
One other thing I wanted to mention about Aries I heard recently that I thought was really neat that is often not talked about with Aries is it's associated with the ram, right? The warrior and that, that energy, but it was also the lamb as well. Mm -hmm. Like it, like the, um, this notion of, of a sort of, um, this innocent, curious, naive spirit that is just born into the world and is open to things, you know, and that's also a really beautiful sentiment, I think, of the Aries energy. Mm, yeah, perfect. <laughs> Amazing. Well, we'll wrap up there. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, and I can't wait to continue this. Me too. Thank um, you. For all the listeners, yeah, let us know, like, what questions you have around astrology, like, where are you at? Yeah, what is it that confuses you? We we want to get this feedback and have your questions. So, yeah, reach out to to us on social media um, at visionary underscore vortex or me at Lauren Renee Intimacy, Octavia as well. Do you want to share where people can find you? Sure. So you want to reach out and even um, have a reading, personal reading with you too. Sure. At the moment, um, you can find me on Instagram, just underscore Octavia Carney dot com or dot com. No.com. Octavia Cardi <laughs> with yeah. an underscore at the beginning. Beautiful. Well, thank you again. And yeah, we will see you next new moon. Awesome. Thank you. See you then. So there it is. Our first visionary vortex astrological update. I had so much fun receiving all of that wisdom and I'm definitely feeling grateful that we get to do these reports every month now and and share more guidance that can support us in all of our lives. So let me know what landed for you and stay tuned for our next update on the next new moon.